48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top stories. Architectural sector lawmaker Tony Tse insists the government launch an immediate review of the MTR Corporation's management. A mainland businessman suspected of political meddling in Australia has hit back at Canberra after his residency visa was cancelled. And the King of Thailand dismisses his sister's bid to become Prime Minister as inappropriate. Architectural sector lawmaker Tony Tse has called on the government to get cracking on fixing the MTR Corporation's management and governance problems, saying the rail operator's role as a regulator of infrastructure projects is now bankrupt. The government revealed last week that unapproved changes were found at two approach tunnels and a set of secondary tracks at the MTR's Hung Hom station, and a large chunk of building records had gone missing. While a government-appointed commission of inquiry will submit an interim report on its findings over works at the station by the end of this month, the pro-establishment lawmaker says the government should not wait any longer. He says an immediate full-scale review of the MTR's monitoring, management and governance system is needed. In the whole system, in the MTRC, have to be reviewed, particularly regarding the role of the board of directors. There are a number of directors appointed by governments, you know, look at their role, you know, what sort of performance they are expected from this director. And also the management teams of the corporations, whether they are, you know, really try to, to tell all the facts and information uh, to the board. All these sort of things, I think, have to be revealed because at the moment the system seems to crack down. Meanwhile, Civic Party lawmaker Tanya Chan has urged pro-establishment lawmakers to support her motion to invoke LegCo's Powers and Privileges Ordinance to set up a select committee to probe the construction scandals at the MTR's Hung Hom Station for the, for the Shatin to Central Line. Speaking after a radio programme, Ms Chan said while the government-appointed Commission of Inquiry is now looking into the problems at Hung Hom Station, its scope of inquiry is limited and doesn't have the power to find out who was responsible for the faults. But she says lawmakers could set their own investigation agenda with a select committee. The Commission of Inquiry has no duty or no power to investigate into the civil or criminal uh, obligations of uh, different uh, people's act. Uh, however, for the select committee of LegCo, we can do much uh, further. And uh, at the same time, the legislator have our own power to determine the terms of reference as well as how far and how deep we can go. Commerce and Economic Secretary Edward Yao has warned that consumers may have to bear the cost if the U.S. decides to further raise tariffs on Chinese goods next month. The U.S. and China are yet to reach an agreement over their trade relations before their three-month truce ends on March the 1st. Speaking on a radio programme, Mr Yao said he understands that local producers have already borne most of the cost of previous trade tariff hikes and they will struggle to cope with further increases. He also said it's hard to predict the outcome of the trade talks but said he hopes both countries can continue to be open about solving their differences. A wealthy mainland businessman barred from Australia because of suspicions that he's part of a Beijing influence campaign has hit back at Canberra and suggested both major parties should return his donations. Sean Kennedy has more. Huang Xiangwa was effectively blocked from Australia on Wednesday when his residency visa was cancelled based on what he called unfounded speculations that are prejudiced and groundless. Mr Huang, who's been photographed with former Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull and opposition leader Bill Shorten, says he's been treated in a grotesquely unfair manner and suggested that the Liberal and Labour parties could return millions of dollars in donations to him. 
Mr Huang led one of a series of reunification councils that support Chinese Communist Party policies. He described the groups as local community organisations lawfully registered without backing from foreign governments, and he challenged Canberra to show evidence of wrongdoing. The King of Thailand has denounced his sister's candidacy for Prime Minister, saying in a palace statement that such a move is inappropriate and unconstitutional. Here's the BBC's Celia Hatton. The palace statement was unequivocal. The Thai king, Muha Wachiri Longquan, said his elder sister cannot run for office. Under a constitutional monarchy, the monarch stays above politics, the statement said, adding it was against tradition, even if she had given up her official royal title. Hours earlier, the king's sister, Ubonrat Mohidon, had been announced as the prime ministerial candidate for a party allied to the former government, a government which was overthrown in a military coup five years ago. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. A mass murderer who left Toronto's gay community gripped with fear has been given a life sentence for murdering and sexually mutilating eight gay men. Bruce MacArthur had pleaded guilty to the killings committed over seven years from 2010 in Canada's biggest city. The 67-year-old will be eligible for parole after 25 years. Nicole Borthwick, a friend of some of the victims, said the sentence was inadequate. Losing three friends and killing victims and having a life sentence for that isn't enough. It's not enough for the families, it's not enough for the lives lost, and it's so not enough for the community. There is no closure, there is no grace. President Trump says he'll meet North Korea's leader Kim Jong-un in the Vietnamese capital Hanoi on February the 27th and 28th. A U.S. envoy has held three days of talks in North Korea to prepare for the summit. President Trump heralded his first meeting with Mr Kim in Singapore last year as a great success, but there's still little sign that Pyongyang is willing to abandon its nuclear weapons. Local authorities in Rio de Janeiro say they've detected a series of irregularities at a training centre for Brazil's most popular football club, Flamengo, where a fire killed at least 10 people. Town council officials said the building, which had functioned as accommodation for the club's youth teams, was only licensed as a car park. Youth players between 14 and 17 are among the dead. Rodolfo Candim is the club president. Obviously, we're all dismayed. This is, without a doubt, the worst tragedy this club has been through in the last 123 years, the loss of 10 people. I think the most important thing right now is for us to try and minimise the pain and suffering of these families. The Venezuelan opposition leader and self-proclaimed president, Juan Guaido, has called on the military to let U.S. humanitarian aid enter the country. Trucks carrying food and medicines donated by the U.S. have arrived in a Colombian border town, but have been blocked from entering Venezuela by soldiers. BBC's Candice Piet reports. Juan Guaido has wide international backing, but time is running out. He appealed again to the military to join him, urging them not to commit crimes against humanity by blocking aid. But President Nicolas Maduro says the whole aid plan is the first step of a US-led invasion. There's also no sign of the military top brass budging. The second-in-command, Admiral-in-Chief Remigio Ceballos, said the armed forces were prepared to oppose any foreign interference, even if it was humanitarian. 
London Zoo has confirmed that one of its long-term residents, Melati, the Sumatran tiger, has been killed. It happened when keepers introduced her to their new male tiger, seven-year-old Asim. The tigers had been kept in adjoining enclosures where they could see, smell and react to each other. But soon after Asim went into Melati's compound, the tigress was overpowered and killed. To sports now, and with a preview of this weekend's English Premier League action, here's the BBC's Maz Faruqi. Liverpool's back-to-back draws in the Premier League have thrown the title race wide open and Jurgen Klopp will hope his players can put those nervy performances behind them when they host Bournemouth in one of the highlights of Saturday's fixtures list. Bournemouth have beaten some of the big English sides already this season. Remember, they thumped Chelsea 4-0 last week, so Liverpool fans will be cautious of Eddie Howe's side. Elsewhere on Saturday, Manchester United travelled to Fulham knowing three points could see them move into the top four and a European Champions League qualification spot. United dropped points in the league for the first time under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer against Burnley last Tuesday but will be very confident of an emphatic win against a side struggling at the wrong end of the table. Two other sides involved in the relegation scrap face each other on Saturday at St Mary's with Southampton against Cardiff. Elsewhere, Crystal Palace play West Ham, Huddersfield face Arsenal, Everton travel to Watford and the late game is between Brighton and Burnley. Manchester City are top of the league for the first time since early December. They face a crucial match against Chelsea on Sunday with Maurizio Sarri's men themselves in a battle to stay in the top four. Also on Sunday, third place Tottenham will want to keep the pressure on the top two with a win against Leicester and there's one match on Monday between Wolves and Newcastle. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Architectural sector lawmaker Tony Tse insists the government launch an immediate review of the MTR Corporation's management. A mainland businessman suspected of political meddling in Australia has hit back at Canberra after his residency visa was cancelled. And the King of Thailand dismisses his sister's bid to become Prime Minister as inappropriate. That's the news from RTHK. Radio 3. And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, with you till 3 p.m. This week, we have a brand new selection of hot new hits from the four corners of the planet. With hot new hits from Africa to the Americas, Europe to the Caribbean, and the Middle East. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian. We're still the belly button of the world. And we start off our new selection of hot new tracks with this new one from Anne Passeo. She's from France. She grew up in the Ivory Coast, no less, and made a name for herself as a drummer, percussionist, and composer. This new track is off her second album, Bright Shadows, which follows on her first album, Fables of Schwedagon, where she was very much experiencing and experimenting with music genres from Burma. This time, with Bright Shadows, she goes to Africa. The track is called Nehanda, and it's a feminist hymn in homage to the heroism of the Zimbabwean female warrior called Nehanda Nyakasikana. So let's have a listen to Anne Paseo and this hot new track called Nehanda. (laughs) 